freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 228 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. The theme today is The War on Reason, and our guest is Todd Fossey. Todd is the founder and chief instructor at Integrative Defense Strategies, IDS, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Todd is an FSI certified force science analyst and a former lecturer at medical schools. He has a 15-year background in psychophysiology, offering his special insight into the psychological physiological, and perceptual effects of high-stress critical incidents and human performance. And I cannot wait for this conversation. Welcome to the show, Todd. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. You know, we uh, uh, for the audience, Cheryl and I met last November in Washington, D.C. at the 2A rally. Uh, it was such an honor to be a speaker along with Cheryl on the West Lawn. It was, it was a magical day, wasn't it? So and Cheryl was, Cheryl was just one of those people that I just gravitated to right away. I think I know why. I think it was the Holy Spirit that was bringing us together for a, a cause greater than ourselves. So uh, we started talking about the possibility of coming on the podcast back then in November, and it just now worked out where our, our, our schedules allowed for this to happen. So it's super honored to be here and be a part of this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, Todd, it, it definitely welcome. was the Holy Spirit, but also the fact that Cheryl understands all these big words that we're saying. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't do it. There's too many in there. Oh, that's, that's so funny. Well, my, my, you know, we own a gun shop. We own an auction house. We have this, this Gun Freedom Radio uh, podcast style yeah. show now, but my degrees are in psychology. And so uh, really yeah. that's like my candy is, is yeah. about thinking. Right? So, and yeah. I'm her experiment. I'm her experiment. And I had the great opportunity to meet your daughter and granddaughter as well. Yes, at the, yeah, so. the SHOT show in January. Um, yeah. And thankfully, yeah. you know, our the rally in DC and the SHOT show in January in Vegas, those happened before all this COVID craziness because yeah. who knows? Uh, so many opportunities that we might have had to meet up again have been postponed yeah. and canceled. And so, yeah. um, and, and I got to, to meet your just absolutely beautiful inside and outside wife, just beautiful human being. So thank you. Um, absolutely. She had, she had great things to say about you as well. Oh, I love it. If we lived closer, 
we would be hanging out. I guarantee. Definitely. You. Well, you know, my my father and my extended family all lives down in the Phoenix area, and what? we go there to visit. So the next time in town, I'm in town. I'm going to let you guys know, and I'll come by at the shop oh. and say hello. Oh, please do. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So before we dive into the importance of how and why you train, you do. Let's talk about a, a video that you posted up recently about the silent weapons of psychological warfare and gaslighting, this war on yeah. reason and free will and critical thinking that that is happening. It is, it's not a perception. It is actually yes. happening. And that's why we, we yes. themed today's show, The War on Reason. I want to let the audience know that I'm actually trained in these techniques. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so I'm you can trained, use them I, on us. So. <laughs> well, the, you know, I, I was trained in these techniques um, as, as a, in, in formal mass communication. I'm, I'm actually a trained propagandist. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when I was being forced, I lived in LA for 10 years, and this is what I did in LA for 10 years. I was a writer, director, producer in LA for 10 years. And I was being groomed and I was being forced to use my skills to push this agenda. And the farther I got in that industry and in that system, the more I wanted out, right? Um, and so I decided I was gonna use that education and that knowledge against the system to expose it and to, to point it out um, for the greater good of truth, right? Because mm -hmm. the truth will set you free, right? Yes. <laughs> so, right. And so um, I want to let the audience know that I'm not coming at this from a lay perspective. I'm not coming at this from an amateur perspective. I'm coming at this from the per perspective of, of, a, of a professional when it comes to psychology, mass communication, but also as a, as a human being who experiences this on a daily basis. What I started to see through social media was um, a lot of commentary and confusion from conservatives who were pointing out the incongruencies, the inconsistencies, were pointing out the hypocrisy, right? Pointing out the duplicity of the leftist narrative. And I still continue to see it today. It's just constant. It's everywhere. And so I, I wanted to put out a video that sort of helped shine a light on what they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. And to give them an idea for what the early stages are for how they can combat this um, psychological warfare that they are experiencing. I, I, what I see is, you know, people commenting about that because they're experiencing this frustration and what's known as um, cognitive dissonance, right? Cognitive dissonance is when you're experiencing two contradictory ideas simultaneously in your mind. And what starts to happen is we start to get frustrated and angry and emotional which makes us easily manipulated and the other the other common response is that we become docile we don't do anything so mm -hmm. to give an example of that would be like Pavlov's dogs right it's a part of the conditioning it's called classical conditioning or operant conditioning you're being conditioned to a specific stimuli or set of stimuli that's what's happening and when we can understand that, we can see through that. It helps to mitigate that manipulation. 
Um, so what happened is if, if, we, or if we use the example of Pavlov's dogs, the bell would be there, right? Whenever the food would, he would put, Pavlov would put food out, they would ring a bell. Pavlov would put food out for a dog and then they would ring a bell simultaneously. Then after a while, there would no longer be food and he would just ring the bell, but the dogs would still salivate. There's no rational reason for the dog to salivate if there's no food there. They've just been conditioned to respond to a specific stimuli. That's what they're doing to us. So now they ring all kinds of different bells simultaneously at the same time. What happened with Pavlov's dogs would be they, they would get confused and their tail would go between their legs and they would become submissive and they would go lay down in the corner because they didn't know what to do. And that's what's exactly what's happening on the, 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 in the mass communication that we're being exposed to today. So I wanted to point that out so that people understood what's happening is that you are, you're being exposed to this type of manipulation in a form of what's called mass gas lighting. So gas lighting is a, is a form of narcissistic abuse, something that narcissists do to the people in their lives where no matter what happens, those people in the narcissist's lives are never right. They're always wrong. It's a form of manipulation to, to get that person to question their own sanity. Mm -hmm. So if you think about that from the conservative perspective right now, no matter what we do, no matter what position we take, no matter how rational, reasonable, no matter how much evidence we have, we're always going to be wrong. So I wanted to point out that is the point. The point is that you will always be wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. No matter what you do, you'll, 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 no, no matter what you do, you will always be on the wrong side of this message. And so by understanding this is mass gaslighting, now we can look at this from an objective point of view. For example, when I had my private practice, if I had a patient come into me and they were explaining what was happening in their life, right? And I would say, oh, you should know you're being gaslit by a narcissist. And I would point it out and then they would say, oh, that's, that is, it isn't. So now they were empowered to see past it. And I would say, now what's important is that you don't dance on that dance floor mm -hmm. and that you create your own narrative mm -hmm. and you don't let that person create your narrative for you. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, so we, now what has to happen, what, what has to happen is that conservatives and rational people need to understand that Western civilization was created on the foundation of reason evidence and objectivism an mm -hmm. objective point of view so in order for this neo-marxist agenda to take root they have to first eliminate the ethos and the values of of objectivism right so if we can have an understanding of what that psychological operation is now we don't have to dance on that dance floor anymore and we can start to create our own narrative that's what i want to say to, to rational or conservative people is like stop reacting to it that's what they want that's what narcissists want they want you to react to the stimuli the bell that they're ringing stop reacting to it and now through social media start putting out your own narrative create your own narrative that is rational that says oh look instead of saying oh look at all how how screwed our country is saying no 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 we are the silent majority now we own this playing field we own the dance floor and we're going to take it back they're welcome to feel how they want to feel that's okay mm -hmm. that's not a problem for us but the moment that it starts to become imposed onto us 
now we've got a problem and now it's time for us to create firm boundaries that are appropriate for the stimuli that's being forced onto us. Does that sort make of, sense? Yeah, sort of like 100%. let some of those, let the narcissist know that some of us don't have a tail to step between our legs, <laughs> right? That's right. And then eventually what will happen is they'll just end up consuming themselves. Yes, right. they'll have to turn on somebody and it'll, it'll be themselves. That is so true. And, you know, there, uh, when you were talking about that, there's no right way to do something. It does create that, that docile mode. And the, the phrase for it, if I'm not in, incorrect, is learned helplessness. That's we right. Just, we just learned that there's no right. So we don't want to choose anything and we just That's freeze. Right. And right. then it allows the other side to just uh, define us, to paint us however they want to. And, and you That's are right. so right that in a, dis, in a, in a non-inflamed, non-emotional way, we need to continue to just be who we are and say truth, speak truth to each other. Um, you kind of have a president they're doing that to right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love him or, or don't love him. You've got to have a, a, a little bit of compassion for the fact that he, he can't breathe correctly for the no. other side. So no, but they do that I think what's important that people know. Yeah. This, this is social engineering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's for what sure. it is. This is social engineering. And so it's happening on purpose. It certainly is. And I wanted to ask you, since we're calling it the war on reason, would you say, how do you see it? Is it a cold war or is it a hot war? Because the riots across the nation seem like it's taken it hot instead of just being sort of this, this cold stalemate yeah. of, of ideas. Yeah. I would call it a warm war. <laughs> a warm. Yes. A warm it's, war. It's, it's on a low it's not boil. Cold. It's, it's not, yeah. It's not cold and it's not quite hot yet, but um, you know, ha having been a student of history and knowing this isn't a new playbook, right? I know that all of these radicals on the left think that they're being so clever and cute and original. No, 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 no. This, this postmodernist point of view and objective goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, just so mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You aren't that clever and you aren't that cute, right? <laughs> and you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool everybody all the time, right? Absolutely. I'm sorry. And this is an old playbook. And just if there's anybody on that side who's listening to this, you should know what happens to the people that are a part of this movement, right? Mm -hmm. You should know what happened to the brown shirts. Mm -hmm. You should know what happened to them as soon as that power took root. They were the, you are the people who will be taken out first, just so you know, by your own, just so you know. I know you think you have all this all figured out, but just do a little research on history and how this playbook has played, has played out all, you know, all, all throughout all throughout the uh, human history, just so, just so you know that. So I got, I digress a little bit. What, but what was the question again, Cheryl? I'm sorry. I just, was it a cold war or a hot war? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a warm war. You know, I think that what's going to happen is what the left wants to happen anyways, they want to continue to push us until we have the, the conservatives who are slow to anger have some type of a kinetic response where we have no choice. And then that way they, they and the media can spin it into them having moral high ground to continue to escalate this communist revolution. That's exactly what it is. And so uh, I'm happy to see that rational conservatives have been slow to anger. 
right? I'm happy to see that, but we can't just have them create a narrative for us. You know, eventually something will have to be done. A firm boundary will have to be laid or they'll just destroy everything in their path. That's, that's their plan. That's their agenda. One of the favorite uh, tools of, of narcissistic people and abusers is they push you, like you're saying, and then the moment you do anything that maybe you're not even pushing back, but you just hold a line, then they play the victim. Oh, do you see how horrible Cheryl is? Do you see how yeah. she doesn't care about people because she won't wear a mask? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. they play it's the victim classic. card. Uh, yes. like nobody's business. I think it's, a uh, you know, in soccer, I think, you know, in, you know, real soccer, not football soccer, um, where if you have anything that even looks yeah. like there might be a penalty against you, yeah. you play it up so yeah. big, you know, you fall yeah. down and hold your yeah. ankle. Forward. Yeah. It's classic. It's a classic, you know, malig malignant narcissistic tactic, yeah. you know, um, we all, we all know people like that, you know, in our lives and that's what's happening on the mass scale. It's really sort of a, it, now it's reached a form of mass hysteria. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's, it's so irrational and so many people who are involved in it don't even know or understand what they're involved in. Mm. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's really fascinating to watch from a psychological point of view, isn't it? It, <laughs> like, it is. And I mean, fascinating, but terrifying because it's not a TV show. It's, it's happening yeah. in real, in real time. Yeah. It's, playing out on our TVs, but, um, and before we move on, cause we've got so many things to talk about with you, um, with your training, but so, can you give like maybe one or two best tools other than just try not to react? <laughs> you know, um, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. So if you can educate yourself, even if you just like take some of these terms that Cheryl and I are talking about and you can just read about it or look up YouTube videos on different forms of narcissistic abuse on the micro level, like mm -hmm. on the local level, you don't have to understand mass communication or propaganda or any of those things. Knowledge is power. So the more knowledge that you have, the more that you'll see through these tactics that are being used against you you know, Amen. and that will help you, you know, have really have a calm and clear mind. And that's what's important because that way you can be proactive now and you can make decisions that are not only best for you, for your loved ones and for your family or for you, com your community, you know, start there, but then for the world in general, because water seeks its own level. So the higher that you rise with your empower empowerment, the more that's going to influence those around you. It directly and in, directly and indirectly, you know. Amen. Um, there is a there is a place for you know for justifiable anger, right? There's there is a place for that as long as we don't let it run our our life, right? Um, so and lose our reason, right? You know, we have to stay in our reasonable, rational minds, and you know, use anger and indignation as a tool in our toolbox but don't let it run the show, I think. Is right. I mean, Jesus took a whip to the money changers in the temple. He did you indeed. Know, if you, if, and if you, if, you re, if you read those red letters, a lot of the things that Jesus had to say against people who were doing this exact same thing back then during the Roman rule, you know, you're like, wow, did he really say that to them? You better, you better, you better believe that he did, right? You know, he was not a pacifist, right? Let's remember my, 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 the line from my speech that I think got your attention, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the, when the disciples are asking, 
you know, after I'm gone, what should we do? And he gave this long list of things that he should do. And he said, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. His disciples had swords. They had a security detail. And he said that during the Roman Empire, when it was illegal for them to have swords. Because why? We don't follow the laws of man. We follow the laws of God. Wow. Amen. Amen right there. (laughs) So, hey, Todd, tell us about IDS and how is the training different? Oh, man. So uh, IDS is so radically different. I wish we had like three days just to talk about it, right? It's like trying to describe a sphere to somebody that lives in a two-dimensional reality. Like we take a very different, holistic, interdisciplinary approach. We take all the multiple disciplines with, you know, force multipliers, you know, firearms with, with, uh, with combatives, right? Um, with all the intermediate skills and, you know, that happened before and after use of force, psychology, understanding of violent crime and how it works, deterrence, detection, right? All of these things, and we bake them all into the cake. All of those things are learned together simultaneously in a holistic approach. One of the big differences is that we, our training is built based on available data. We don't take an arbitrary approach. How do so I, I'm, a, I'm a certified in, in force science analyst, right? So I'm a data freak. So I want to take a look at the data and, and really want to know how do violent critical incidents happen for citizen defenders? What does that look like in reality, separate from how it's been taught in the past based on heavy, heavy influences from military and law enforcement, knowing that our, our interactions are very different from what theirs are and our rules of engagement are very different. The context will create the strategy that we build training methodologies around that reflect exactly what you're going to experience in reality. And we do a lot of that with inert weapons and non-lethal training munitions like CERT, simunitions, things like that. We do a lot of it so that we can do this with real resistance and reality, not just force-on-force training. There are other applications and more advanced training methodologies that we can use. But we also do it in a way where we have a frequency that allows for human beings to have real competence when it comes to situations like this not fake competence Mm -hmm. not going to the range every now and then a static range and shooting poles in paper but real resistance where you're doing this like a marco marco it's a martial arts model where you're going to classes locally two three times a week so that allows you to have real competence real true myelination unconscious competence when it comes to dealing with an, uh, uh, an infinite number of, of variables that are not repeatable or predictable, right? So if we've set ourselves up in a way where all we're doing is dealing with predictable variables, we're only setting ourselves up for failure because that's not what happens in reality. And if you're not doing it, then all you have is education. You don't have training. You have an intellectual understanding for how you think these things happen, but in reality, it's not. So what happens is we're countering another psychological term known as the Dunning-Kruger effect, where people of low ability suffer from a metacognitive inability to recognize their own ineptitude, meaning they're bet- they think they're better at something than they actually are, mm-hmm. right? So 
what happens in the current model is that they're fanning the flames of the Dunning-Kruger effect and they're fattening people for the kill, leading them to believe that they can do things that they can't actually do. I've seen it thousands of times with thousands of students. That's why I'm so certain. We now know, you know, I have a back or deep background as a human performance coach. I know how this works at the scientific level. So now it's time for us to usher in this new training paradigm that is more, more closely reflective of reality. That's the, that's the, the most, that's the most succinct version of, of how I say we're different than that I, ha that I have without going on for too long. No, that's, that is amazing. And um, so when you said, you use the word myelination and that kind of goes back to that psychophysiological, right? That yeah, is yeah. when you're creating um, pathways in the brain, right? It's like mm -hmm. muscle memory for maybe lack of a better term that, yeah. you know, you've, you've connected things that maybe wouldn't naturally normally be connected in such a way that they become automatic. Am I describing that well? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. So if we think about a neural pathway, right? Um, in neuroscience, it's called an axon, right? Think of it as an axon as a wire in your brain, right? The more that you do something and practice something, and we utilize the principle, principles of what's called neuroplasticity. That means that your brain is always changing. 70% of your neural connections are changing every hour. Another reason why we don't want to react to the left because they're wiring your brain. That's what yeah, they, they are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And more with, you don't even know how mm -hmm. sophisticated this is. So, so let's just say that you have this wire, right. That creates a, a, a skill, right. That creates some type of a, a skill that, that you want to acquire. The more that you practice something correctly, there's a, on this axon or this wire, this neural pathway, it creates this, thin opaque sheath over the top of it known as myelin sheath and the more that you practice something right the thicker that sheath becomes and eventually that sheath becomes thick enough where that pathway becomes so efficient that it becomes the primary pathway and that's when we have a level of unconscious competence where we don't have to think about doing something anymore right we don't have to put a lot of conscious effort into it we can actually do that successfully on a on a on a regular basis. So just to give the audience a, a simple metric for how this works, just to reach a level of unconscious competence with one single skill requires 20 minutes of practice a day for 12 consecutive weeks for one single skill. Now that 20 min minutes a day needs to be maintained in order for that level of competence to be maintained, right? There's something that happens in the brain called synaptic pruning. That means that the, the brain decides what's most important for it. And whatever you're practicing a lot, the brain dedicates the neurological resources toward that skill. And so what happens is all the other skills that you had that a high level, it starts to take from those areas and apply it to these areas, right? And so if, if you're not practicing something a lot, those, those skills actually become perishable. So now we wanna talk about you're carrying a lethal weapon when somebody else is trying to kill you or harm you in some way that maybe is less lethal. Mm -hmm. Now the only tool you have is a hammer so everything looks like a nail. If you can't handle the whole use of force continuum, then you're just becoming a liability more than you're becoming an asset. Wow. Right. That is so fascinating. And uh, how, 
I just have to, how did you go from your previous world, your previous career into psychology or maybe you did psychology before and then how did you end up teaching people uh life-saving skills how how did you know honestly i i i it's just it was a calling i uh i had a very successful practice and lecture circuit on psychophysiology and i started to start to see what was what was happening in the world and uh, uh to be completely transparent the lord just put it on my heart and said no i've got a new direction for you I want you to apply these, the knowledge and the skill that I've given you and the gifts that I've given you um, for something different. And that took a lot of white knuckle prayer, right? I'm like, oh, I was doing it. I was teaching these things part-time, right, at the time. But I'm like, now I'm going to give up all of this for, to yeah. do this. And yeah. uh, so once I did it and I got the blessing from my wife, I went in head first. And, uh, and now, now here we are. Now IDS has, um, we have our own instructor certification program. Wow. We have seven different, seven different levels of certification. And we have uh, 40 affiliates all across North America now. That's wow. fantastic. So you used a phrase in, in all of that, citizen defender. And you're careful with your words. You use them very uh, purposefully. Why do you, what distinguishes a citizen defender from any other person? A citizen defender has it in their DNA to watch over the flock. Hmm. It's why they're here. Mm -hmm. It's why they were born. It's what Mm -hmm. they're here to do. And they know it. It's just Mm -hmm. that society wants to tell them that they're bad. Society wants to tell them that they're evil, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they're comfortable with violence. Well, the only way that you can really understand violence is to be comfortable with it. And almost everybody that I know that is not a psychopath, sociopath, or malignant narcissist, everybody else who's comfortable with violence hates it. Yeah. But they understand that they have to be comfortable with that uncomfortable place mm-hmm. in order to adequately protect the flock. And so the analogy that I like to say is, you know, the sheep are afraid of the sheepdog because they saw his teeth when he fought the wolf. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. The sheepdog doesn't want to fight the wolf. Mm-mm. But trust me, the wolf doesn't want to fight the sheepdog even more. That's the truth. And the sheep are grateful, whether they know it or not, for, uh, for that sheepdog being there. Nowadays, yeah. the sheep throw, throw ugly words at the, the sheepdog, but, you know, it, that's okay. <laughs> Citizen yeah. defense is tough skin. Because, again, like you said, it's, it's part of their DNA. Yeah. And then just to add to that definition, you know, we like to say that citizen defenders have – they're highly trained – in multiple disciplines, mm. especially the discipline of conflict avoidance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Situational awareness, early detection, early departure, right? And then if, and unfortunately, it does come time to defend, then we do that with a level of measure and skill. Mm. You hear stories all the time where people have, you know, they actually caused something to happen more because they just didn't walk away from it. They just, you know, learning to walk away from a problem when you can safely do it is so valuable. Yeah, I think, 
I think we live in a culture that has sort of created this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This presupposition that a fight is um, symmetrical, that it's a duel, right? Someone challenges you, like it's the duel at high noon, right? Mm-hmm. And even in a lot of, it's my, one of my big criticisms of the firearms training world is they treat it like it's this duel at high noon and who's the fastest gun in the West, right? You want to be fast, practice a lot. One, you want to be fast, make fast and accurate decisions. Mm. That requires proper training for you to make a fast and accurate decision. But you should also know that the majority of conflicts that happen are not symmetrical. They are asymmetrical. There's a difference between a fight and an attack. In the majority of time, you will be attacked. I always tell my students, if you're ever in a fight, don't ever come back here. We hold classes here all week long at our training center. If you're in a fight, don't come back here. You don't belong here. You didn't walk away. You didn't de-escalate. If you're attacked, that's something different. Mm-hmm. You should also know that 80% of those attacks are simple assaults. Mm-hmm. They're not aggravated assaults. So you're not justified to use your firearm. Mm-hmm. But now you're carrying a firearm. And the person who is imposing that simple assault on you sees or feels that you have a firearm. Do you know how to handle that? Mm-hmm. And what distance are those simple assaults taking place at? They're taking place at contact distance. Mm -hmm. The other 20% of those assaults are aggravated assaults. And the majority of those aggravated assaults are not gun on gun. They are multiple attackers 56.6% of the time. They are impact weapons and they are edged weapons. Mm. They're not gunfights. The majority of of critical incidents that happen for citizen defenders, there's a very small sliver in that pie where you're either justified to use a firearm or the firearm is the best option tactically. Hmm. Very rarely is that the first choice. Very, very rarely. Or is it the best choice? And the majority of the time, you better know how to fight your way to this and retain it at the same time. That is so... I I guarantee you, and people have no idea how fast it happens. Oh, it's half, half a second, you know? Well, and that is so important, especially right now at this time in history when we have millions upon millions of brand new first-time yes. gun owners, and yes. they are trying to figure out, well, okay, I know yes. I need training. We've sold yes. at AZ Firearms, we've sold to multitudes of brand new uh, firearms owners, and every one of them is eager to get training. That's a huge blessing right of its own. They understand Good. that they're unfamiliar they need training but what training you know and who is a good trainer and what is effective training and all of this that you're talking about um it it will help people understand that cheryl i'm gonna interrupt you sure okay the uh, you know how much i love the second amendment and how much i love freedom and that i am on the side of this industry and I'm on the side of the training industry, I care about it so much that I'm willing to criticize it. Sure. Yeah. That's I'm willing important. to be, I'm, I'm willing to be the heel, the current paradigm and the current model in firearms training is woefully outdated. Mm. It is a self-perpetuating paradigm that is woefully outdated to perpetuate itself. It doesn't want to embrace what is best. It wants to embrace what's best for it. Mm. 
and familiar. That has to stop in the name of the preservation of life. Mm -hmm. Well, Todd, what about has to stop? What about uh, a new gun owner that the first time, you know, they didn't like guns before they decide they like guns. Now, isn't taking a basic class, at least putting them in the right direction to decide how no. far they want to go. No, it's mm. not strong words. Yes. Strong it's words. Not. Explain. It's not. Well, tell me, tell me what does a basic class class look like at a static range? Standing okay, so, still, flat-footed, focusing so, on marksmanship? Do you think that marksmanship is the highest priority? No. Marksmanship right. is not the highest priority. You know what I'm saying? Shooting is a priority, but it's not the highest priority, right? And what firearms instructors, here's what fire, firearms instructors are. They're presenters. They're not coaches. Okay. And but you know what? Somewhere, though. We have to start. I mean, a, a person, could you expect that a person that's brand new in the field go directly to a class like yours immediately? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because then they understand the nature of violence. Right. And I agree with that. I, I think the, the best you can take is what you need to take. But there are... I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if you came and took my class, you would see things very differently. You say everybody has to train this way right away. Well, you you have to understand. I do you should you would say training. every CCW class needs to look like this. Right. That's what you would say. Well, I agree with you. You don't know. I'm tell I I love you, but you don't know because you've never experienced right. it. No. Yeah. Right. Like you said, you'd you've never experienced it. Who lives in a two-dimensional reality? And they'll say, yeah. "Oh yeah, I know the circle. I know the circle. The circle's good." I'm like, but I'm talking about a sphere. They're like, right. "Yes, the circle is great." I'm like, but I'm talking about a sphere. I'm not talking about a triangle or a square. I'm talking about cubes and pyramids and spheres. I'm talking about dimensions that you don't know even exists. Yeah. And that's it. what re the reality of violence looks like. Mm -hmm. The reality of violence is not linear. Mm -hmm. So you're setting people up for catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are. I don't mean are. to be disrespectful, but I have to bust apart this paradigm so that we can grow and evolve. Right. Not, not at all. I mean, I, I didn't I don't take, take you as disrespective. I, I, I see yeah. you as it's that important. We are talking about life and death. We're talking about every time somebody does out of ignorance or lack of training or yeah. bad training, miss or going to prison for 30 years or not. Oh, right. my gosh, right? And every time people can point to an example of, of the wrong usage of a firearm, it hurts our industry, it hurts our rights, it hurts those of us that are trying to Look, do advocacy. Listen, I, tra I train police. It is. I Listen, I train police officers. I love police officers. I do a lot of volunteering to help police officers, right? But I'm also enemy number one because I'm not on the side of law enforcement. I'm on the side of the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, there's been a horrible problem in law enforcement with inadequate training. We, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And how can, you know, it takes a lot to get. Because they don't understand the whole, right. they don't understand the whole spectrum. They don't know what to do. So they panic so, or they, they go to higher force because they don't understand the stages between zero and a hundred. Right. They've got zero and they've got a hundred. And, and I that's agree. it. Higher force is not the answer. Higher force is not the answer. It, well, it, it can be, and it's <laughs> right. a great, and it can be, and, it, and it's a great deterrent all by itself. It is. But Make you no mistake. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. 
Right. But you don't go from zero. But I say don't be a gunfighter, be a fighter with a gun. Right. Nice. Um, so on that point, uh, what are the contextual or are there contextual differences between training for law enforcement or military and citizen defenders? They're so numerous that I don't even know where to begin. Again, the current paradigm is built on the presumption and the heavy influences from law enforcement and military. Let me ask you, infantry, right? In the military, what distances do those engagements take place on on average? 250 okay. to 300 yards. 250 to 300 yards. Okay. Okay. Are, are they wearing body armor? Do they have yeah. sophisticated, sophisticated communications and support? Mm -hmm. Are they on a team? Mm -hmm. Are they carrying a carbine? Is there an automatic presumption of compliance? Mm -hmm. Do they have air support? Do they have more ammunition on the way? Do they have their grandmother with them at the dinner table? Do they have their five-year-old and their daughter and their wife who doesn't know anything about self-defense? Mm. Are they, is military trained to close and kill? Yes. What about law enforcement? What's their training? Very similar, but they're not trained to close and kill. They're trained to close and detain. They're trained to engage. For citizen defenders, our role is to disengage as quickly as possible mm. and defend when it's appropriate and then become a good witness. Mm. That's, those are, you're comparing apples and oranges. You're comparing mm -hmm. two different things. And everyone has this assumption that they think that they know what these, what engagements look like for citizen defenders, but they don't happen the same way. Also law enforcement military happens in, in the dark. It happens at night, a lot of it does, but it doesn't happen that way for citizen defenders. But what are the most popular classes? Low light, no light classes, because it's cool and it's tactical and it's fun. But they don't happen in the dark. They happen during hours of darkness. They happen in well-illuminated transitional spaces during hours of darkness. And the majority of them happen at contact distance. When and how you least expect it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have trained in myelinated reflexes, you can be in big trouble. Do it right. Mm -hmm. I could go sense. on and on and on and on and on. I don't have a union rep. I don't get paid leave. Hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Your I could go. They're, they're, not, they're not the same. I'm not carrying a carbine with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, it's definitely <laughs> not like the movies, right? The movies where your, your firearm never runs out of ammo. And, you know, if you do have to use your firearm or whatever tool of defense you have uh, in a deadly manner, mm to save life, you don't get to just walk off into the sunset, you know, you, our rules of engagement are different. How we, our rules of engagement are different. How we manipulate our weapon is different. We, you know, what's happening in our environment is different mm -hmm. where our muzzle should be. Like, for example, I, I have, I train law enforcement. So I ask them all the time, how on an average week, how many times do you think that you actually 
you know, draw down on somebody like, gosh, I don't even know so many times. Yeah, but I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't point my, my firearm at somebody because I'll be charged with an aggravated assault. Mm-hmm. I, don't have a, I don't have a reasonable presumption of compliance. You do. The, the decision-making is dr- drastically different. Drastically. Right. I'm not, I I couldn't even like, I can't even tell you, like we'll have people come to a four and a half day course and go, Oh my gosh. Like I had no idea. These are highly trained people. And I'll say, yeah, I wish I had four and a half years with you. Yeah. You had four and a half days. You didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. I've got to figure out a, a way and a time to get me to one of your classes for sure. And, uh, Hey, Carrie, Carrie, uh, Carrie Sloan's going to be at our, our, um, Citizen Fender Boot Camp in September. So awesome! Yes, she was one of our speakers in DC as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And you know, training the people who who advocate and speak at the national level that is so important because everything we learn works its way into the way that we speak and, and engage other people. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. We, I even have more questions that I can't get to because we've run ourselves out of time. That's okay. That's okay. You know what? That means I have to ask you back and hopefully that means you'll say yes. Of course. Anytime. I'd be happy to be back. Thank you so much to both of you for having me on and, and uh, don't take anything that I say uh, as gospel. There's only one gospel, right? Do your own due diligence. But my my big message is think for yourself, I love Think it. for yourself. Let the evidence, let the data, let the empiricism lead you to your decisions. Don't take anybody's word for anything. I agree, Todd. Hey, so how do people get a hold of you? Um, yes, thank you for asking. So our website for our business is um, www.thisisids.com. Um, but really the hub of our business is Facebook. We're always putting out educational videos and materials on Facebook. So integrative defense strategies on Facebook, integrative defense strategies on YouTube as well. Um, you can also follow me. I've got a, I'm a regular contributor on Funker Tactical. So you can see my playlist on Funker Tactical and I'm a regular contributor on PDN and the personal defense network, as well as aperture fight focus network as well. So you can check out some of my work there. I'd be, I'd be honored. And if anybody uh, is interested in learning more about becoming an instructor in this new paradigm and this new model, reach out to me. Um, go to our website and just click on affiliates and you can see a way that you can fill out an intake form to, to take the next step toward becoming an, an IDS instructor and affiliate. I awesome. love it. And, and that was Funker, Funker, right? With an N. F-U- <laughs> yes, yes, Funker, F-U-N-K-E-R, Funker Tactical, yes. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for clearing that up. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for uh, spending this much time with us and for your passion, because I I mean, you can tell that it matters and it matters to you. And that is going to uh, really impact your students in a way that um, wouldn't otherwise be the case. So I love it. Thanks, Cheryl. I I appreciate both of you. You guys be well and stay safe. I look forward to seeing you over at your, your shop one day. Thanks, Todd. Thank Thanks you. so much. Bye-bye Thanks, now. Bye-bye. Thanks. That was awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. A lot of passion. A lot of passion. And, 
And he can back up everything that he said, which is so refreshing nowadays because we're, so, we're in that, you know, that gaslighting world that, that we were talking about earlier where people just say anything and then they just keep repeating it and it's not based in anything. So. Right. And there's so many instructors out there that are just doing it for them. They, all they care about is what they want to tell you, what they know. And so, you know, it's good. And there are so many things to, so many tiers to owning a firearm. Mm-hmm. And not just owning a firearm, but being a responsible citizen, protecting your family, whether you use a firearm or your hands or whatever, there are so many tiers to it. And these, these things take one second to change your life. In one second, you can change your life from everything is great to a total disaster. It's just like driving a car 80 miles an hour down the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, all it takes is one little thing. If you have a blowout, what do you do? You train yourself to all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I will encourage anybody that owns a firearm, anybody that wants to be responsible for their family safety to take, to look into classes, Mm -hmm. look into something. And I really want to take an IDS class really bad. I'm intimidated already. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm scared. I'm intimidated, but I know he's, I know he's going to be an amazing teacher. So I'm, yes, the passion's there. You can tell. I'm going to do it. And I'll, I'll report back. I'll uh, let you know how Maybe I'll take your luggage. Blown. Maybe I'll carry your luggage for you like I we do should, at DC Project. Yeah. Well, you can do that. No, we should do it together because then we are a force multiplier, right? Everywhere we go, you're my security, I'm your security. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, it's time to thank our guests. It is. Absolutely. Our amazing listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us, whether you are on the Ops Lens app. That's a place that uh, we, our show appears and the app implies your smartphone, right? They do have a website, but really the app is the thing. Did you just yawn while I was talking? Well, I'm used to it. <laughs> you just yawned while I was talking, yes. but it's okay. I, I, I'll get over it. I will deescalate. See, I've already learned something from Todd. Um, so yes, Opslin's app, uh, please download that. It's a free app and there's tons of great shows and building all the time. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, watching us on GunStreamer, or listening to us as the audio only on our website, where you go gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. Click the guest tab. You can see photos and bios. And, and we have every guest that we've had on the show every you can click one. on them and get a link to them and every single one it's a great uh networking tool really right to see who in the industry is an expert in what area and uh i, I don't hate it when you spend time there i really don't it's <laughs> it's time well spent if i do say so myself and also thank you to our amazing guest, Todd Fossey of Integrative Defense Strategies in Minnesota and for all the work that he does. And until next time, what are we supposed to be doing, Dan? Pray for this country. Pray for this world. Oh, please. Yes. It needs it, right? And when we pray for others, it's good for us too. So yes. it's pray a, for it's a our win-win. leaders. Absolutely. Our royal leaders as well. Even the ones I don't like. How about even the ones you didn't vote for? Yeah, even the ones. Maybe 
especially the ones you didn't vote for, especially the ones you don't like, right? Okay. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.